Welcome to News Kids. I'm Rose. And I'm Zara. And together we're presenting this weekly podcast about what's going on in our world today. Each week we cover top stories across world news, politics, science, technology, entertainment and arts. This week we're talking about rising sea levels and banning plastic straws. The UK Prime Minister Life on Mars, eating bugs, why some countries have a problem with Huawei, why we should like wasps, the death of Judith Kerr, who wrote The Tiger Who Came to Tea, and the anniversary of Queen Victoria's birthday. Hello, this is Zara. This week has been a very important week in British politics. Theresa May has announced that she will be stepping down as Prime Minister on the 7th of June. She made the announcement outside number 10 Downing Street on the 24th of May after becoming unpopular in her own party with lots of senior Conservative members of Parliament wanting her to step down as the Prime Minister as she had failed to get her deal for Brexit through Parliament. In her speech, Theresa May said that she had done her best to deliver Brexit and it was a matter of deep regret that she has been unable to do so. She was Britain's second female Prime Minister, the first being Margaret Thatcher, and said that being Prime Minister was a huge honour, but it was now time for someone else to take over. In the UK, the public do not vote directly for the Prime Minister And as I explained in last week's podcast, the role is taken by the leader of the political party with the most members of parliament. So Mrs May's resignation means that the Conservative Party now needs to vote to pick a new leader and the new leader will then become the Prime Minister. So far, Boris Johnson has said that he would like to run for office. So has Rory Stewart, the Minister in charge of international development. Esther McVie, who was previously Minister for Work, and Jeremy Hunt, who is Foreign Secretary. More than a dozen MPs are thought to be considering entering the contest for leader of the Conservative Party. Each MP who runs will hold speeches or debates where they discuss their ideas and plans for leading the country. Members of Parliament from the Conservative Party will then vote and the top two candidates will be finalised. There will be another vote where every member of the Conservative Party will vote and the winner will become the leader and the new Prime Minister. The Conservative Party is hoping to have a new leader in place by the end of July. Mrs May will continue to serve as Prime Minister while the Conservative Party leadership contest takes place. Hi, it's Rose here. A major new report was published this week which said that sea levels may rise far more than previously predicted because of ice melting at the North and South Poles. Back in 2013, a global study called the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change said the continued warming on the planet without major reductions in emissions would see global waters rising up to a metre by 2100. This became wide accepted understanding. But the new report released this week, written by a group of authors led by Professor Jonathan Bamber, 
of Bristol University showed the real impact on sea levels might be as much as a two metre rise if our environmental impact on the planet continues. The scientists who carried out the study took a new approach to measuring how much ice might actually be melting and considered how different scenarios including air temperature changes and emission levels might affect the speed at which the ice is melting. The effect of a two metre rise in sea levels in the next eight years would be absolutely terrible because low-lying land would flood. The report stated that it could result in 1.8 million square kilometres in lost land, which includes regions currently used for food production and might mean that 187 million people might lose their homes. The authors said there is still time to avoid this happening, but it means making major changes to the way we impact the environment. Also, this week, the UK government said that it would bring in new laws about single-use plastic items such as plastic straws, plastic drink stirrers and cotton buds to try and reduce the impact these have on pollution and our planet. From April next year, plastic drink stirrers will be completely banned from sale. At the moment, around 300 million are used each year. The sale of plastic straws and cotton buds will also be heavily restricted and these will no longer be available to buy in supermarkets. Earlier this week, the European Union also agreed to a plan to ban a longer list of items including plastic cutlery and plastic plates by 2021. Environmental protection groups said they were pleased that the UK government was doing something about the problem but they believed they could still do more. Here's Nasebe talking about whether eating bugs is something we will do in the future. Who would have imagined that eating sushi or crunching on kale or drinking turmeric lattes would be part of our everyday eating habits? Michelin star chefs and restaurants are always trying to come up with interesting and diverse dishes. This week, Avocado, a sushi chain based in London, has added crispy crickets to their menu. The restaurant claims that the crickets are healthy and sustainable. Avocado's managing director, Cara Aldrin, says in a few years, insects will be a regular food in a normal human's diet. I can definitely tell that some stores took that as some very valuable advice. Because before you know it, Sainsbury started selling grubs and snacks in 250 of its stores and it's called Grub Smoky Barbecue Crunch. You can also now find roasted crickets at Okado for £1.50. They're marketed as a healthy, protein-heavy, environmentally friendly alternative to traditional meat and fish options. Eating insects is nothing new. In fact, insects are eaten by around 2 billion people around the world. Eating insects is known as entomophagy. Nutritional insects are low in calories, low in fat and high in protein, so they're good for your waistline. Some of the most popular eating grubs are grasshoppers, mealworms, wasps, termites, stink bugs, scorpions, spiders, beetles and ants. Now those are just a few edible bug options. Many insects are eaten completely whole, whereas we only consume around 40% of a cow. Farming insects uses only a fraction of the land, water and feed required for traditional livestock. 
thereby having huge environmental benefits. In developing countries, eating insects can be a really important source of nutrition, especially when there is a huge shortage of food. Could this actually be the solution to world hunger? What do you think? Could you be tempted by a scorpion on a stick? Or perhaps a caramelised worm? I would love to hear your thoughts. This is Nasoba reporting for News Kids. Rose, would you like to eat bugs? Well, this will be in the future, Zara, so you don't know what it will taste like. It might taste absolutely delicious. After all, sushi used to be completely new, and people didn't think they would like it, but now lots of people love it, like me. Well, I think it's very disgusting, Rose, and why would I even want to eat bugs? If you don't know what something tastes like, you should always just try it. I tried olives and mushrooms. I tried it when I didn't know what it would taste like, and I didn't like it, but that was okay. At least I tried it. I think the only way to get me eating bugs is if they make the bugs look like spaghetti and then I eat it and then I feel that crunch in my mouth and then I realise it's insects and I'm like, whoa, that actually did taste nice. But I don't think that will ever happen. Yeah. If we are looking at the future, I really don't think that we are going to eat bugs. And if we are, that is astonishing. Well, I learnt some people do eat ants. Ew! I know, I think it's it's absolutely disgusting. disgusting. Have you seen the movie of Jungle Book? Yeah. There was this bit where this guy had to crawl under a log and lick the ants. Ew! Yeah. Why would he even do that? He was forced to do it by a bear. Like, when you get that in your mouth, that's so disgusting! Yeah, they're like crawling down your throat. Yeah, and then they'll be in the tummy and they'll be like, I want to get out, I want to get out, I want to get out. And you can suffocate and die. I'd rather be eaten by a bear. Hello, this is Zara. This week a technology company called Huawei has been in the news a lot. Huawei is a Chinese company that was founded in 1987 and makes smartphones and tablets, provides 4G and 5G internet access and makes wireless broadband routers. It is one of the largest technology companies in the world and it sells more mobile phones across the world than Apple, which is the maker of the iPhone. It has been in the news a lot this week as some of the countries are worried that the Chinese government is using Huawei phones and other technology to spy on people and other governments. The USA has been warning that Huawei is a security threat since 2012 and last Last week, President Trump added Huawei to a list of companies with which the US firms are not allowed to do business without a special license. Australia and New Zealand have both blocked the use of Huawei technology in their 5G mobile networks. And this week, Google also decided to block Huawei from some updates to the Android operating system, which would mean that When the next version of Android is launched, it will not be available on your Huawei device. This week, the Japanese company Panasonic also said that it was stopping some of its business with Huawei for its 
Items that had 25% or more US originated materials. Huawei says that it has no links to the Chinese government and insists that it is an independent company. It has said that it is ready and willing to engage with the US government and come up with effective measures to ensure product safety. What do you think about the Huawei story, Zara? I'm glad that I'm not the Huawei manager. I never want to have that much stress. Rose, do you think it's actually really fair? Well, it's definitely not fair if it's all fake and there's no evidence. So it might be very unkind to Huawei. If it is all just a coincidence, an accident, Huawei will feel very disappointed and upset. Don't you think? Yes, I do. And I don't want to take the risk of using the Huawei phone just in case they do actually spy on us by using the phone. So I'm just going to stick to Apple. Hi, it's Rose here. The children's author Judith Kerr OBE, who wrote many famous books for children, sadly died this week at the age of 95. Judith Kerr wrote and illustrated more than 30 books, which became very popular amongst young readers. One of the most famous was The Tiger Who Came to Tea, an illustrated story about a large, stripy tiger that went to have tea with a girl called Sophie. Last year, when Judith Kerr reached the age of 94, the tiger who came to tea achieved its millionth sale. She was named Illustrator of the Year only last week at the British Book Awards. The last book she wrote was The Curse of the School Rabbit, described by publisher Harper Collins as a laugh-out-loud story of a boy, a rabbit, and a lot of bad luck. This book will be published in June. I can't wait to read it. I'm sad the world has lost Judith Kerr. Thank you for all your magnificent stories. Here's Daya talking about whether there might be life on Mars. Hello, welcome to News Kids. My name is Daya. There is a question everyone is asking. Is it possible? Is there life on Mars? The first successful visit to the red planet was made in 1965. And ever since then, we have made many visits that have given us insight into Earth's neighbour. But there is one question that remains unanswered. Has there been life on Mars? Scientists are getting ready to look for fossils on Mars, which will hopefully provide us with an insight into the planet and its history. There is a new technology called the Analytical Laboratory Drawer, or ALD, which is a sophisticated three-in-one box of instruments that will examine rock samples for tech, chemical footprint or biology. This is a 300 kg robot, which has been designed jointly by European and Russian space agencies and can drill up to two meters below the planet's dusty surface. The rocks will be collected and crushed for analysis and scientists are very excited. Previous studies have only examined if Mars could be favorable to life but they haven't found out if life has ex existed on Mars in the past because they didn't have the required equipment. This has now changed and we may have some exciting news for, from the Red Planet in the future. There is no proof that there ever was life on Mars, but there is an evidence that suggests that a billion years ago, the planet experiences major flooding and even organic materials 
and large molecules have been found there. The ALD will examine the rocks and look for chemical changes to the rocks which can suggest a previous life on Mars. The team has a deadline of beginning of August to get the finished robot out of the door and take off is planned for July next year. Here's Isabella talking about why scientists say we should appreciate wasps more. Wasps are definitely not my favourite insects. In fact, they're probably my least favourite. But a new study published this week suggests that we should be a bit kinder to wasps as they are not as bad as most of us think. The Big Wasp Survey was a project led by the scientists to find out more about the different kinds of wasps that live in the United Kingdom. They also wanted to find out more about what wasps do and whether they do any important jobs in nature. The scientists asked 2,000 people to record the wasps they found in their local area and send some of the wasps to them so that they could be identified. This information helped the scientists to draw a map of where all the wasps lived and to understand more about what wasps do. How many different kinds of wasps are there? There are hundreds of different types of wasps. The project found that the most common ones in the UK are the yellow jackets, the German wasps and the larger hornets. The new maps show that there are more wasps living in the south and east of the UK than there are in the north and west. So are wasps as annoying as we think? No! Lots of people think wasps are nasty insects that don't do anything useful and just want to sting us. But that's not actually true. The scientists found that wasps are very good at keeping other annoying insects under control. If wasps didn't exist, we'd have to use a lot more pesticides to kill the other annoying insects. And pesticides are not good for the environment. So, the wasps are actually doing an important job that helps nature stay healthy. But wasps are still very unfriendly to humans aren't they no they only really get angry if they think their nest is under attack they are most likely to get cross and sting us when they're trying to protect their nests from intruders so the scientists say we should be grateful to the wasps and treat them more kindly this summer here's james talking about the anniversary of queen victoria's birthday this week on 24th May marks 200 years since the birth of Queen Victoria. She was born in 1890 in Kensington Palace, London, which today is the home of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. She became queen very young, just one month after her 18th birthday. She reigned for 63 years, making her now the second longest serving monarch because current Queen Elizabeth II has ruled for even longer. Queen Victoria was the first sovereign to rule from Buckingham Palace. It is also thanks to her that women usually wear a white dress when they marry. She chose to wear a white dress rather than her favourite dress, which is what people used to do back in the 1800s. And people thought it was so cool they have followed her example ever since. There are loads of famous places all over the world named after Victoria, such as Victoria Falls in Zambia 
and Zimbabwe, and the city of Victoria in Canada. Victoria loved to write and had written 43,000 pages by the time she died. Queen Elizabeth II has digitised Victoria's journals so that they can be enjoyed by the people for years and years. Queen Victoria spoke fluent English and German and studied other languages too, including French, Italian and Latin. Later in life, she also learned Hindustani because she became friends with her Indian servant, Abdul Karim, and he taught her some phrases so she could speak with her servant. She had nine children and 42 grandchildren. Even though two centuries have passed since her birth, she still has a big influence on our world today. That's all for this week. I really hope you enjoyed our show. Let me know what you think about our news stories. Goodbye from the news kids.